The wind, it was howling and the snow was outrageous. We chopped through the night and we chopped through the dawn. When he died, I was hoping that it wasn't contagious. But I made up my mind that I had to go on. Hello and welcome to 2024. It's a photographic life. And though Bob Dylan there in the song Isis, one of my favourites actually... Uh, was kind of describing a situation of extreme weather and uh, everything else. It's certainly been extreme weather around the shed over the last couple of weeks. It has not stopped raining and the wind has certainly been a howling. But never mind, it hasn't stopped me from making my way up here to um, put out this particular episode, which returns to the old school format. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the three extended conversations over the Christmas period. I certainly enjoyed the conversations myself. I hope you enjoyed listening to them. Anyway, let's crack on, shall we? So one of the things that uh, came up pre-Christmas, which I spoke about and seemed to cause a lot of uh, anger on uh, threads, which is where you now find me most of the time if you're a social media person, was concerning a particular story with the use of free press images. Somebody I know who's the editor of a magazine had been sent some images by a brand. Uh, They had published those images. The photographer had then contacted the magazine Uh, very angry, very irate, um, saying how dare they publish these pictures without uh, their permission, and he instantly demanded a very large fee, uh, much more than would have been paid if the images had been used ordinarily from an editorial perspective. Uh, I put this to uh, the the audience, I suppose, and I ended up having to write an article to kind of further give information and people kept telling me I was wrong and that actually the fault was with the magazine. My take on it was that it wasn't the fault of the magazine, it was the fault of the person who had passed the photographs onto the magazine as free press images. Now, to understand my perspective, I think what you've got to understand is how magazines go together these days. The majority of the images you see in newspapers and magazines are free. They're giving given them to, to the, the publisher, I should say, for free. And therefore, it is re- very rare nowadays for any contracts to be drawn up between the publisher and the person who supplied the images. The contract should be drawn up between the photographer who made the images and the person he'd given them to. Now, the images that were passed on to my friend were high-res TIFFs. They were published images. They were images that were appropriate for publishing. They weren't low-res JPEGs or anything. So it's very clear that the photographer had given them to the particular client. Now, my take on it to my friend was, well, that's the situation where the client's going to have to pay because they've given them to you when they shouldn't have done. The resolution was exactly that. The client paid the photographer uh, but didn't apologise to the publication and neither did the photographer. Now, you might agree or disagree with me, uh, but you've got to see it from the perspective of how magazines go together these days. When you're getting so many images given to you by brands for free, they're not going to check every single image, particularly when they're using those images to promote the brands that um, are being featured. 
Anyway, I thought I'd try and clear that one up. As I say, it was cleared up with the photographer in the way in which I thought it should be. Maybe, therefore, I was correct. The legal advice that was given also backed up my decision, despite the fact a lot of people on threads telling me I was completely wrong. Perhaps I was right. I think I was. But what I do know that was wrong was the photographer should immediately have apologised to the publication. You might disagree with me on that, but I'll tell you, relationships in photography are important, and it's a very small world. I'm sure that many of you caught up with family and friends over the Christmas and New Year period. I know I did. We had my father come and stay with us for a couple of days post-Christmas, which was, which was lovely. He's a wise old bird. Nothing to do with photography at all throughout his life. But his way of looking at it always surprises me and makes me think. We were having a conversation about photography in a very kind of broad, I suppose, from a broad perspective, to dealing with family photographs and a particular album he has of family photographs of us. And um, he said to me, well, you know, Grant, really, photography is just history. And it really hit me because I've been saying that for years, but not that he would have ever heard because he doesn't listen to the podcast or have any kind of interest really in anything that I do. He doesn't read my books or anything like that, which is fine. Uh, with me and I thought yeah that's absolutely true that of course it is photography is history and so I started on threads to put out some images I'd taken over the years with the idea that photography is memory made history and that seemed to uh, get some really good traction people seemed to like that kind of thread that I'd put together and then I was watching the Ken Burns Civil War documentary, which came up on the television over the, the holiday break, and I had some time to watch it. The American Civil War, not something I know really anything about. So I was interested to watch it. And what it started to very clearly demonstrate to me was the importance of photography during that war, because obviously the birth of photography sort of coincided with it. And we were able to see photographs of the soldiers, of the devastation, images that we're very used to seeing of the First World War, the Second World War, Vietnam, and, and every war since, and even up to today with Gaza and the Ukraine. But the, here was the Civil War, the American Civil War, um, being shown to us through photography, completely proving that fact that photography is history. So I think that's something to think about. When you're making work, you are actually making photographs. And a lot of people think about that idea of the pretty image, the technical image, the image that gets followers, all of that kind of stuff. But actually, from my perspective and in my opinion, what you're creating is history. So don't forget that. This week, we welcome to the podcast to start off the new year, London-based photographer David Vintner, who is best known for his portrait work. He's worked with a wide variety of editorial and commercial clients worldwide and is regularly commissioned by The Guardian, Esquire, Sunday Times, Variety and Wired. 
David's work has been selected for a number of awards, including National Portrait Gallery's Taylor Wessing Portrait Prize, the Creative Review Photography Annual, American Photography and the IPA Lucy's. Several of his portraits are held in the archive collection at the National Portrait Gallery. And uh, I certainly could draw or paint, he says, but I discovered I was pretty good at photography. Around the same time, he went to see the Richard Avedon retrospective, that would have been in the 90s, at the National Portrait Gallery in London, and he knew that all he wanted to be was a portrait photographer. Now, I remember that show very well. It had a similar impact on me. Now, let's have a listen to David, shall we, telling us what photography means to him. What does photography mean to me? Uh, I knew... I knew that I wanted to be a photographer the minute I realised uh, I couldn't draw. I was at art college and it very soon became apparent that my skills at creating were very limited. It was also at this stage um, I visited the National Portrait Gallery in London uh, to see the Richard Avedon exhibition. And it was seeing those larger-than-life portraits packed with all that emotion and presence that confirmed for me what I needed to do. It, it was kind of like a real light bulb moment. I can't have been the only person turned on to photography by that exhibition, and I often wonder who else was affected in this way. For me, and probably because of that exhibition, it's always been about portraiture. So I photograph all sorts of subject matter, but it's always people that I'm most drawn to. I need, I need my portraits to have uh, a connection. I may only spend like one or two minutes with the person or sometimes one or two hours, but um, it, do it doesn't really matter. The end result that I'm always looking for is to have a feeling of connection with that person to be fully present in that moment. It can be a very intense and sometimes emotional process uh, and I'm often left with a real feeling of great warmth for that person. Photography, for me, is an education. I have a very privileged position um, in my commissioned work whereby I get to photograph many uh, intellectuals or powerful or famous people and for a brief period of time I'm in personal conversation with that person and have the opportunity to learn something from them. So I often go prepared with questions, things I'd like to know about. Um, and how, how amazing is that, that I can hear it firsthand? I get put into all sorts of situations, for photographing in seats of power, science labs, backstage, behind the scenes. Every single situation is an opportunity to learn something. I get to see so much that is often closed off to people. And it's, it's the same thing with my personal work too. Um, I really enjoy finding a wide scope story to work on when I have no idea where it will take me or who I'll meet along the way. Photography has this way of connecting with people and it gives me an excuse to talk to, an ex uh, to talk to a stranger and to learn something about their life. So many times I've gone into a situation with a point of view only to have it completely turned on its head by learning something more from someone else. Currently, I have two long-term personal projects on the go, neither of which I can fully sense how they're going to turn out just yet. The first one is a, is a journey. Um, I'm travelling the whole length of England along a line of longitude, which goes from Christchurch in Dorset to Lindisfarne in Northumberland. And I, I think it's an attempt to explore how geography defines identity, but it's all pretty vague at the moment. 
that doesn't really matter. Um, every time I go out to make new work for the project, I learn a little more and then the final span of the project shifts a little more. And the other project I'm working on at the moment is photographing the community of Chagossians that live in and around the town of Crawley. Starting in the late 1960s, the Chagossians were secretly removed from their homes in the Chagos Islands by the British government um, in a bid to make way for a US military naval base. And, and they've been prevented from returning home ever since. It's really challenging project to work on and probably the hardest thing I've ever done. But I'm hoping through my photographs I can pass on what I learn about this terrible story so that others can also learn about this dark period in British history too. Thank you, David, for your contribution this week. As always, informative. And I can happily tell you that that Avedon exhibition had an impact on me also. Uh, and I know that these contributions have an impact on you. Almost like a segue there, like a professional. Anyway, um, I've had some readers' letters. I'm getting so many of you contacting me at the moment um, saying nice things, which is great. So thank you very much and keep it coming. Uh, but I got a particular one here, which I thought was relevant to what we've just listened to. It said, um, hi, Grant, I'm really enjoying your United Nation of Photography posts and podcasts, which I followed for a few years. Uh, as an amateur but enthusiastic photographer, it has widened my horizons, exposing me to a range of photographers and genres which I might not have known or considered. Your conversations and what photography means to me pieces have been thought-provoking and inspirational to think and explore my work and the medium more deeply. Uh, but enough about me and you. Uh, he said, thanks for your time and energy with UNOP and as always, stay safe. So uh, that's from Chris Reading. So, Chris, if you're not aware of David's work, then check it out. Another email came in from John Wyand, another listener, uh, relevant, I think, to what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode. He said, uh, I'm moved by your latest post. I'm 76. And my best friends are photographers of advanced years who I cannot imagine being without. We know better than to turn to each other for professional validation, but know we share values in a changing world. Uh, 60 years ago, on a school trip to the Lake District, not long after my 16th birthday, when I had acquired a Kodak Instamatic 100 camera, I saw a sign above a local photographer's shop in Broughton in Furness, that's in the north of England. It was painted on a fascia of corrugated iron. From one direction it read, secure the shadow, from the opposite direction, lest the substance fade. It was a Victorian slogan to glean high street customers, I think. It has stayed with me, and after shooting winemakers for 20 years, I want to use securing the shadows for the title of a book of portraits I will one day make. Your post also coincides with my trawling through 50 years of family photos to make my daughter a photo book to celebrate her 50th birthday. How could I have forgotten so many moments? As usual, you hit the nail on the head. Whatever else it is, photography gives us a, a, gives us a time machine with best wishes and thanks for every word, John. So thanks very much for them for um, getting in contact with us. Your thoughts, your feedback help and mean a lot to me. 
just to let you know, we've got lots of great photographers lined up for the coming months. In fact, right through until the summer at the moment, as well as some really good conversation subjects with the ongoing conversation with Bill Shapiro. So Bill will still be joining us this year in the first week of every month. And I know a lot of you really enjoy those conversations also. I think it's going to be a very difficult year ahead for a number of reasons. It does seem to me as if photography is as strong and as powerful as it ever was. But I do also feel that it's getting slightly confused with the proliferation of photographers out there. The convergence of different kind of I suppose intentions really for photography seem to me to be presenting a very um, confused, as I say, and I suppose in a way incorrect uh, approach to the medium if you're intending to make money out of it and be a working photographer. And I, I draw a line there between those two things. Working as a working photographer and trying to earn a living requires a very different understanding of the medium to just enjoying it and taking photographs and putting them on social media and what have you. One thing doesn't qualify you to talk about the other. If you've never been commissioned and if you're not a working photographer across a broad spectrum of practice, because every area of specialisation has different rules, then you're not really qualified to give opinions. All I can try and do is encourage you before you get sidetracked by something you see, you read or you hear, is, as Marky Smith of The Fall said, check the guy's track record find out where does their information come from what have they done that informs it i think that's really important to understand all i try and do each week and i will continue to do throughout this year is give you as an informed piece of information thought process consideration opinion as I can. Occasionally I will be wrong. Occasionally you will disagree with me. That's absolutely fine. But I also hope that sometimes I'll be right and sometimes we will agree. We may not necessarily agree in the moment. It may take a little bit of time. And I'm always happy to be proved wrong. In fact, it's one of my favourite things. Because if I'm being proved wrong, I'm learning, I'm evolving, I'm developing in my understanding of this incredible medium, this communicative medium of photography. As I said, we've got some great photographers lined up, we've got some great conversations, and there's quite a few events and things happening that I'm going to keep you informed about that I'm involved with. I wish you all a really happy new year, a successful new year. But what's most important, I think is you set your own parameters about what that success actually means to you. And of course, the most important thing of all, take care.